All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Everything is well here. Uh, yeah, everything is well here. I got nothing, uh, nothing, nothing to complain about, nothing uh, to cheer about, nothing. Just life is life. Did uh, the wife and I went to uh, Omaha last night because I had a yeah. local, we had a local, I had a local gig tonight. Um, her mom lives in Des Moines, and if uh, for those listeners who don't know the layout of the states, uh, Des Moines is halfway between here and Omaha. So we drove to Des Moines, dropped the kids off at Grandma's house, and then continued to Omaha. Uh, saw the band OK Go at a performing arts center at one of those nice, you know, uh, uh, city state run theaters, and then drove back to Des Moines and crashed out. Uh, it was it was a great concert. I don't know if you know anything about OK Go, but I do uh, not. second. Second time I've seen him, uh, saw him a year ago in Minnesota. Highly recommend it. Uh, absolutely. Really? Look him up. Love it. And uh, I, I, oh, this, this, I, I told you a while ago to watch Wind River, and then we talked about it a little bit. Was that the one that was, it was in like Wyoming or something? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I just got back from my gig, and my wife had just started it. And it's one of those moments where it's like, fuck, oh, it's, it's fucking great, such man. a good movie. I want to watch it, but I got, I got a podcast with Jake, so... Fuck, but like you just you stand there going, oh, I want to watch this movie. It's so good. So, recommend recommendations at the top of the podcast. Uh, I'll, you... I'll, I'll give a recommendation. Just got done finishing uh, the haunting of the Hill House. I've heard of that, but I don't know anything about it. I, I it's for some good. reason I've just read something about it, but I don't know anything about it. Tell tell me what it is. As well, you it's about listeners. the Hill House, and as you can guess by the title, shit ain't going well there, man. Hmm. But it, not I, at all. It's all got right. ghosts in it. Well, but no, it's it's good. It's and normally, dude, I will say this with horror movies, I tend to either love them or hate them. And I, one of my like pet peeves is like the ghost genre. Yeah, just because the the shit that really annoys me, and I I swear to God, listeners, I I have just ruined about ninety percent of ghost movies for you. Okay, because this is going to be in your mind next time you see it. Uh, what drives me nuts is for the first, you know. I, I don't know, 90% of the movie, the main characters would just be walking around and they'll be, you know, like walking over to something and it'll be all, the, the music gets dramatic and then they're about to, you know, you think they're going to see a ghost and then, oh, the ghost is right behind them. Or even if it's not necessarily doing that, what the ghosts tend to like to do is they like to startle them and really just fuck with them for about one to two seconds at a time. You know what I mean? Like, they're evil ghosts that are, you know, they're sent by the devil, whatever. But they don't actually want to stab anyone till the last half hour of the movie. Except for the no-name extras <laughs> during the opening credits. They get right. fucking prison shanked Those are the right away. ones. Yeah, they turn around and they're like, dude, I just heard a weird sound. You think this place is... Ha- <coughs> and, they're, and they're stabbed, just shanked right away, man. Central casting, fucking done, right? But the main characters... They get to walk around for like, I don't know, a whole hour and a half of the movie. And then, well, I guess we'll start throwing stuff around and we'll stab them at the end. Or we don't. And they they win and they go off. And I I don't know what that is. I don't know if they're like union ghosts and they're sitting there like, I don't care what the devil says. We don't stab anyone unless it's a full moon. Other than that, we, we work for one to two minutes at a time. Fuck you. It sucks being a ghost. See, that's why as bad as most of the films were... Both the Nightmare on Elm Street series and the Jason Voorhees Friday the 13th series, those two things had it going on because those movies, it was 90 minutes of picking off main characters. Like, everybody was a main character except for, like, one lead that had to survive at the end. But it was, you know, through the entire movie, like, boom, now this one dies, now this one dies, now this one dies. It's like they would have a group of kids or teenagers, uh, you know, campers and all that. And they would all die throughout the course of the film. It was like just like every few several ten minutes, it was just like boop. Now this one's dead. So so ghosts are pussies or lazy. And uh, Freddy and Jason, they they were killing machines. No breaks there. No cigarette breaks for those two. I will say I liked uh, Freddy more because he was at least funny. Uh, it's it, it, the slasher ones were just kind of repetitive, you know. But at least they they sort of made sense plot wise. In that it's consistent. When Jason shows up, he's he's not trying to give you the fucking willies. 
You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to see you piss yourself. He wants to see you fucking die, you know, and then piss yourself because that happens when you die. But first he wants to see you die. And that, that makes sense to me. It's, it's the, it's the inconsistency of it. It's the, that doesn't make sense. Why is this ghost just fucking startling this guy and then leaving? But, oh, we're going to try to kill him right at the end. Like that's, is, is that guy like foie gras? Is he like ghost foie gras where it's like, I just have to torture and scare him. And then his human uh, fleshy liver is going to taste delicious. I'm telling you, the, the liver of a guy who's been pissing his pants in, in a haunted house for a week or whatever, it tastes so much better than the liver of one that just gets turned into pate the first day he's in the haunted house. I, I don't know what that's about. So, but the, the, the haunted hill house, whatever, tell me again. Uh, the haunting of the Hill House. Yeah, it's of it's the, sort of a weird that, title. It feels like the the words should be in a, in different order. Yeah, you know, is that, is that a Netflix thing? Yeah, Netflix. Right. It's a series. Um, and I'm not saying oh. it, it doesn't. It's it's. Uh, there's a couple of episodes that did drag a a bit for me more than I wanted to in the middle. Um, I di- I didn't have to see every single rehab meeting the uh, strung out brother went to. Every every time. Yeah, it's it's like a family. And and one of the brothers is like a heroin addict, and they do this whole episode about him going to rehab. And I'm like, I was quartered to enough of these when I was a kid. If this ain't a haunted fucking rehab facility, I don't need to see this bullshit. And it's just annoying. <laughs> to you, it was more uh, like uh, memories, you know, as yeah. opposed to like someone that's never been to rehab might find it interesting. You were just like, ah, come on, that that part's fake. That's come on, I've done enough of these to know that that's all Hollywooding up. Uh, you're Hollywood Hollywooding that uh, rehab f- clinic. Yeah, it was bullshit, and actually, it, it was it was bringing back negative memories of being in there. To tell you the truth, I found the hacky uh, rehab psychologist more disturbing than the ghost. You know what I'm saying? Every time they, 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 they would bust out the, now we're going to make a collage to talk about how our addictions ruined our lives. No! You wouldn't be doing this if you were a real therapist. No! You bombed at being a real therapist where people just show up and pay you to fix their problems. And so now you're here uh, giving a bunch of underage junkies uh, coloring books and telling them this is somehow going to cure their addiction because... Well, either the state or their parents are paying for it. One or the other. <laughs> uh, how many times did you go to, to to get put in rehab? Oh fuck, man, a few. Uh, I think like inpatient, like two, and then and then they have like out after a patient thing, and then and then you're on probation, you fuck up a little bit, and they they they, they make you take so many weeks of this shit. Right. And what's um, the age it, range here? Awful, what's man. the age range? Oh, dude, these these were all for the most part um, uh, 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 under eighteen. So you're you're talking like um, usually like thirteen to eighteen. I, I guess the the average age would have been the uh, you know the sixteen seventeen year olds, but there were some younger ones in there. No, I just meant you. What was your age range? Of oh, when you, uh, like when did it start? When you had to get put? What was your age age range? But, well, I mean, that's I, good I believe... information. That was a good answer because I suppose it would have to be under eighteen to be. Um, you know, to have parental, uh, you know, signing off like, all right, take my kid. He's he's fucking yeah. up. He's doing whatever. So what, I mean, because we've talked about this, but I've never asked you this question. Um, I I knew you were. Uh, well, mine was all court ordered, so the, the state <laughs> covered that one. I like how you say that, and I just start laughing. Like, uh, it's it's the difference between this podcast because I don't like in my head as I laughed, I. I pictured someone listening to us for the very first time and you say you were court ordered into rehab and I laugh at you and they're like, what's up with this fucking asshole? And it's like, no, no, we, we've discussed this at length, your, <laughs> your teenage years. And so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just never asked you how many times you got put in rehab. So multiple times did they ever get sick of it and like, all right, fuck you this next time. It's not rehab. We're just going to put you into juvie or is it juvie slash rehab? Um, I, I, I was in juvie, but yeah, rehab when you're underage really is sort of like a, like a more cushy juvie. It it really, and to be honest with you, I like juvie more. I I did not have a bad experience in juvie. I I was kind of older by the time I went there and you you know, no one was, no one was bullying me or anything like that. It was like summer camp in horse jumpsuits, man. The food was better than rehab. (laughs) I, I, I found it enjoyable. I, I didn't mind it, you know? Like, yeah, the actual facilities was like you were in jail, but the people that worked there were very nice. And, uh, and you didn't have to make collages. Pretty... You didn't have to talk I didn't about ha- your Yeah, emotions. I didn't have to make any fucking... Well, there was a little bit of that, but not not as much. Not as much. I don't, I don't like the... 
I don't like the bullshit therapy thing. I've never liked therapy. I've I've been quartered to all the fucking therapy I've ever been to, and it's all it's all fucking pseudo quack science, man. I'm not, and I'm not saying that like no one needs that shit, and that shit never helps people. I'm just saying is it's sort of like I I guess ADD was when I was growing up, where it's like yeah, some people have it, and some people are really helped by the Ritalin. But for every one of those, there's like 10 other ones who it's just like, oh, yeah, the doctor says you need this because they're getting paid by the Ritalin company. I mean, because you have a fucking serious thing that you need Ritalin for. Right. A lot of it is just, you know, the kid needs to be told to focus or something as opposed to, uh, you know, right. popping a pill. Yeah. I yeah. went to therapy uh, for two years. Um, I was a full-fledged goddamn adult. I... Uh, um, in my 20s, from 22 to 20. Right, this is when you were a priest. Right, you had that little incident. They had to transfer <laughs> you out of Pennsylvania. They sent you to therapy, that kind of thing. I get yeah. It. No, I was in a six-year relationship with a woman from 22 to 28, and it's it's way too fucked up for me to go into on the podcast. Um, sure. Because they're just, it, it just, it was, a, it was a bad relationship. It was just... But the long and the short I hear of it you. is uh, more more fucked up than uh, uh, going into a coma from taking uh, a, a dog medication. <laughs> well, it's a different kind of therapy. You you got put into why are you taking pills, and I just got into a fucked up relationship because. And it you was know, an easy answer for me every time because they got me high and I like getting high. You know what I mean? And they were just <laughs> never satisfied with that answer. Well, see, mine was emotional bullshit. So when I when 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 she cheated on me and dumped me. I had a buddy that had gone through a divorce that said, hey, just go talk to this woman. Uh, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But I think it helped It helped me through my divorce. I think you might like it. So I did. I went and I talked to her. And after two years, I didn't need it anymore. I mean, that that's like, that's how long it took me to get over the six-year relationship was two years of, and here's the long short of it. So if you don't want to pay for two years of therapy, this is what got beaten into my head. And it's not bad advice, uh, I think, is she she told me, well, first, uh, the long story is we, we discovered that uh, I had a shitty childhood and that I had repressed it all and I was an accident and my parents got divorced and I always felt that I was unloved. And so I got into a shitty relationship so that I could prove that I was unlovable or something like that. That's the long version. But the short version is, as I was coming out of this relationship, my therapist didn't give me pills or say, hey, if you feel bad, you should take yourself shopping. Shiny object. Distract yourself. She said, look, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel angry. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. And every time you have a day, just understand that that's what you are feeling. So if you're angry, don't say, shit, I shouldn't be angry anymore. I, I've got to stop being angry. Just say, all right, I'm angry right now. And I'm going to sure. feel angry until I don't feel angry anymore. And fuck it. This is just what I'm going through. And that's the same with, you know, sad or any of it. And after two years, it finally sunk in. And now I sort of retain that. Um, no See, they told me when I felt that way in rehab to uh, jerk off with a rope around my neck in a bathroom stall. And I mean, this is before David Carradine. You know what I mean? It was all fun and games with that kind of thing back then. But well, uh, that was you, you. You were probably. I, th I don't think they told you that in therapy. You were probably listening to in excess lyrics. There's a subtext to most in excess songs. You know what? I think this was an NSX song. Yeah, this was just me hanging out with... This is one of the other junkies that was in there with me. That wasn't one of the therapists that told me that. Ne never mind. This was just <laughs> advice from one of my peers. Yeah. but but people Good advice, though. It helped. Yeah. But people forget that. People forget that their emotions are okay. So it took me being fucking paying someone to tell me, your emotions are okay. And the reason I think of that is because of what you said, is there are a lot of therapists that will say, ooh, you're feeling sad? Well, I can write you a prescription. Oh, you're feeling angry? I can write you a prescription. Now, if you're angry and you're, you know, lashing out at people or you're putting your fist through the wall, it, look, you need to calm the fuck down. And, but you also yeah. can just understand that, oh, maybe if you understand that you're angry and go, wow, fuck, I'm really angry. All right, I should just sit here and be angry for a while so it works through my system. You know, all too often we, we, we rush to, to medicate ourselves to stop feeling what we're feeling. That's that's what I got out of it is maybe just allow ourselves to feel what we feel. And if you just wanted to feel high, then fuck it. Then you just wanted to take some dog pills. Just wanted to take dog pills, man. They they could never accept that answer. But it was the it was the God's honest truth. And that's why you and I are doing a podcast called Idiots on Parade and not therapists. 
<laughs> fucking A, man. I, I, I was sued for malpractice when I was a therapist. They did not like my advice. Because it all no. involved dog pills and jerking off with ropes around your neck. So, I, yeah, I, I, I got fired from that kick. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as you don't... Uh, uh, this is, I just, I went sideways with my thought. I was going to say something, and then I thought of something else. A uh, great comedian named John DeBoer, very funny. Uh, I give him full credit for this joke because I'm about to steal it. Um, he, the best joke he ever, I ever heard is, is he said, You ever get caught masturbating? That's such a weird feeling. You just like make eye contact with the person and you you don't know if you should like apologize or ask them to start like helping you pull on the belt because you can't just really get a, a good grip on it. And <laughs> that was such a nice uh, nice joke because you don't see it coming. It's solid, man. Any any masturbation joke is funnier if you add the rope around the neck, man. Yes. I mean, that's that's just good writing. It is. It really is. All right. Um what do you want to talk about this week? We have a, so many topics. I got two on my mind that I sent you that I find interesting. I, You know what? Let's go with either one of those because I was liking the articles. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the two, the first one of the two is the deficit. How this past week um, it uh, hit a new high uh, the, uh, and they say it's exploding. And the funny thing is, is when the Republican legislation passed the budget last year, everyone said it's going to explode the deficit. And they all went, bah, what are you going to do? It's just the deficit. And these are people that screamed for eight years under Obama. The deficit, the deficit, government spending. Well, because we gave so much money to multimillionaires, we gave money to the top 1%, now, of course, with this huge deficit coming, uh, now you have uh, Jowls out there. Um, uh, oh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Kennedy, the one that looks like fucking... From the cartoons. Oh, Mitch McConnell? Yeah, McConnell, saying that it's, quote, entitlement programs and we need to cut Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security. And it's, Yes, because, it, well, those are the people who are making out like fat cats gaining the system. People that can barely feed their families and are on welfare. You know what I'm saying? Too long if they've been living high on the hog... Uh, you know, waiting in line for, for food stamps and, 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 and medicine and shit like that. Yeah, but it, to me, it's just, it's such a boring, is the word I'm going to use. It's such a boring pattern because it happens every time where it's, they say we need tax cuts to, to uh, uh, give people incentives to start businesses or whatever, but then those tax cuts go straight to the wealthiest that don't need the tax cuts, and then the first thing they do, like you just said, is they go after Social Security or health care. And it's just amazing to me because Trump's base is not millionaires. His base is made up of people that need these programs, and yet they vote against their own interest. And here's my favorite part of it. This I thought of this earlier. Um, is that all Trump talked about when campaigning, and he still talks about it, is the trade deficit with China. China, trade deficit. And what people would try to explain to him, or maybe they didn't try to explain to him, but the, the, the difference is the trade deficit doesn't cost anything. The trade deficit is literally, well, uh, Americans buy these many Chinese products, and that's a lot. And Chinese people buy this many uh, American products, and it's not a lot. So the right, deficit... I'd imagine we also probably don't sell a lot of shit to I don't know Bangladesh either. You know, right. like we probably buy more shoes and stuff from there than than we sell them. Um, you know, cars or whatever. The best way I heard it explained. So the point is, there's there's no. Uh, financial Basically, loss. unless people buy a lot of weapons from us, <laughs> we have a trade deficit right. with them. That's and, about it. But there's no financial loss there. The best right. way, I heard a comedian yeah. make a joke about it. This is not my thought, but I can't give credit to this comment because I don't remember who said it. But they said, you know what? I have a trade deficit with my grocery store. I go to the grocery store and buy groceries from them, and they don't buy anything back from me. We have a trade deficit because that's the way it works. And, it, and he campaigned on it, and America, not Americans, uh, his followers got so angry and said, yeah, trade deficit, blah, 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 trade deficit, China, and it doesn't cost us a goddamn thing. However, our federal deficit, which is now sky high, which is all the call, call, um, cause of Trump and his cronies, that does hurt because that is actively money that we 
pay to China or whoever lends it to us to keep our government going. And suddenly that's that's not a big deal. Either they, they, they don't talk about it or they turn around and blame Social Security. It's just amazing how that works. If, if you really think about it and try and wrap your head around it, trade deficit, something that doesn't matter, that's horrible. Federal deficit, something that absolutely matters to every American, well, fuck it, let's just keep giving money to the rich and taking away from the poor. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's fucking mind-boggling. And this blue wave people are hoping for isn't going to fucking happen, and it's just going to get worse. And all you can do, you can get angry, or you can do like me. All I can do is just sit back now and go, huh, life is pretty dumb. I, I, I can't, I, I can't get passionate about it anymore. I can't get angry. It, I just get astounded. Look, if, if, uh, if Trump really wanted to balance the deficit, he knows how he can do it. Have a roast battle with Stormy Daniels in charge ticket money. You know what I'm saying? Put oh it back God, in the federal coffers that. there. I would watch that. But he don't want to do it because he doesn't give a fuck about the trade deficit, man. Or the, uh, the federal deficit. Yeah, he only gives a shit about the trade deficit, the one that does not matter. All right, another article I sent you, and this one, I actually, we may have talked about it a while ago, um, but a stance I have long taken on the Mueller investigation is don't be surprised if nothing comes of it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Mueller's going to get Trump. Mueller's going to get Trump. I can't wait till Mueller gets Trump. And I'm like, could turn out to be like Benghazi, spend a ton of money. And uh, he gets the guys he's got. You know, there are 14 indictments and several convictions. Right. But that doesn't mean it's going to lead to impeachment or Trump resigning like Nixon. I don't know what's going to happen. And so there's a new article out now that basically says that, that there's sort of grum- grumblings or rumblings saying that uh, it might just turn out to be nothing. It might say, you know, like, no collusion. Yeah, there's obstruction. But if he's not searching for obstruction... See, and that's the fucked up thing. Whitewater under Clinton... Or, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, the Clinton investigation started out as Whitewater, as Vince Foster, as a land deal, and the instant they found out that they, he was completely innocent on that, they went straight to blowjob, blowjob, Monica Lewinsky, because they were going to get him no matter what. Whereas with this investigation under Mueller, I mean, if there's no collusion, he might not be going for anything else, and he just they're saying it might turn out to be nothing. This, this, this article entitled, Mueller Report PSA, Prepare for Disappointment, it, it could happen. Well, I mean, I, I I think people got their hopes up too much for that because they were they were just they sort of had it in their heads, like oh, there's going to be some kind of um, some sort of meeting between Trump and Putin where Trump promised to hand him over our democracy for uh, promised to get him elected using Facebook memes and shit. <laughs> it's like I, I'm, that's just not going to happen. I mean, it's if if you if you want to get Trump connected to Russia, I, I mean, in, in a way that actually matters, I, I would say keep hammering the tax returns thing. Yeah, it doesn't take absolutely. a genius why he doesn't want people looking at those things. It's because there's shady shit on there, and who's who's a lot of people that you know buy the condos and Trump towers and stuff. Well, there's there's a lot of Russian oligarchs and things like that, and so it's like he's he's probably got. Um, you know, shady business investments going on with Russia. I mean, is is there going to be a connection directly to the Kremlin? Well, probably not. I mean, there it, it would it would make less sense for him to do that than it would be just to just to deal with individual business people slash shady mobsters. You know, which is if I had to bet, probably a little closer to what's what's going on. And that would give reason for, oh, well, you, you know, he, he wants business relations to go better with Russia and things like that. Um, that being said, I, there was an article that I, that was coming out today. I mean, I, I read an article on it. I, I was just getting breaking news apps on my phone saying uh, that he's talking about doing away with some kind of nuclear arms treaty between us and Russia. Yeah, and it's boy. like, okay, now... I, I I think it's good to tell Russia to stop, uh, y- y- you know, fucking with Facebook or whatever. That being said, maybe may- maybe keep the nuclear arms treaties in place. <laughs> I kind of like those. Yeah, you think? He, t- he seems to be seems to be one or two extreme. Like, hey, the good news is uh, Trump didn't collude with Russia. The bad news is we're all gonna die in a fucking nuclear holocaust. That's that's how much he just. That is just how much he didn't collude with Russia. It's like, no, I. It's kind of, 
it's kind of the other extreme, man. I didn't, I didn't really want that. Well, I'm I'm gonna sort of tie two news stories together. Um, going going back, not but with the the Mueller investigation, trying to get collusion, like you said, people think it's going to come down to a meeting with him and Putin or something like that. And what we've seen so far is 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 uh, underlings probably did collude. I mean, absolutely. His kid did. Cohen did. I mean, they actively went to that meeting where there are emails where she said, hey, we have dirt on Hillary. So right. they absolutely tried to collude. And they, they even admitted the meeting didn't happen the way they wanted it to because the guy had nothing. So they tried to collude. The reason you will not get Trump is because of underlings. And the story I want to tie this to is Khashoggi, the uh, Washington Post, and I could probably, I'm probably saying his name wrong, the Washington Post journalist killed at the Saudi Arabia consulate in Turkey. I don't know if you saw this, Jake, but just a few hours ago today, we are recording on Saturday, the 20th, um, Saudi Arabia, we, we talked about this last week, it's, it's, it's pathetically hilarious how they're changing their story, like, oh, this guy came into our, uh, our yeah. uh, embassy and he left out the back door, you know, like, oh, well, maybe this, and now they're finally admitting The guy showed dead. up without fingers, man, what do you right. want us to do, so <laughs> fingers on him, it's not our fault. Well, the latest story is, there are two stories, one, that he died accidentally after fighting in the consulate. So this guy that's showing up, and I, I don't have the exact story. He was going in for papers he needed for marriage, I believe. But they're saying he goes in and he starts a fight. Well, obviously This fucking guy fu- shows up drunk, belligerent, tries to take a swing at the guy at the front desk, and then chops all of his fingers off. You believe that shit? <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen if that's what you do. But the whole point is... If he's fighting, he's fighting for his life because the 15-person death squad is there. Now, the reason I say you're not going to get to Trump is because the other story that hit, so they say that, oh, he died accidentally in a fight, but now they're saying that it was part of the inner circle of the uh, Saudi prince, the I'm, I can't say his name, the, the guy in charge. They're saying, oh, it was rogue agents acting um, in, right. from his inner... It's like, yeah, so he's, he's, well, he's actively in, uh, how can I push this off onto somebody else right, right. now mode. And that's what Trump is, is is the figurehead does not right. fall, the no. people around him do. So these people so the the, the the Saudi prince says, I want this guy dead, take care of it. And the two guys hire the fifteen guys and the fifteen guys go and kill him. And then when the shit hits the fan, the fifteen guys and the the inner circle, they all take the fall. And right. the Saudi prince is like, Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't do anything. I got deniability. If you can't trust the Saudi prince these days, who can he trust, you know? Yeah. So uh, the long and the short of it is don't count on Trump going down because I when I saw that headline, prepare for disappointment, I'm like, yeah, this is and, – and I have to admit, this is probably how a lot of Republicans felt when the Benghazi hearings turned out to be nothing. They're, oh, the Hillary Clinton's like anybody with any common sense – said all along like it's bullshit it's bullshit there's nothing there now i'm not saying there's nothing there i'm just saying you're not going to catch it you could you could probably find out all sorts of shady shit happened but you can't prosecute shady shit there's always like uh what reasonable doubt like okay well his son went here are you saying he didn't tell his dad can you absolutely prove he told his dad well i mean chances are he told his dad how could he not tell his dad can you prove he told his dad no that's reasonable doubt this, well, this and, and look, the... man, WikiLeaks telling somebody in in Trump's camp that they have some shit that they plan on leaking, that's not really, you know, if if you think the other side wouldn't have been like, uh, yeah, fucking leak it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, uh, yeah, that's 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 gonna happen. And but the thing is, is if you're if you're Russia, if you're WikiLeaks and all that, I don't think it behooves you to to be meeting with people like that. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, I don't think it actually helps you out talking to people in his camp that close. That's that's only going to make things more difficult for you. And I mean, what, what they're what they're trying to do is is pretty clear. It's, it's they want to basically show us that fucking democracy doesn't work, man. That's why if if you look at the actual memes they're making, if you look at the actual like like fake campaigns they made. They they didn't rep they, they didn't resemble either of the actual campaign rallies, man. It was like crazy shit. Like I think the Hillary one was like, um, uh, Hillary Clinton for Sharia law. Like, but it was people right. pretending to be pro 
uh, Sharia law on behalf of Hillary Clinton. It was it was just wild shit like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was just it it was basically designed to create chaos. That was it, right. and that's that's what's going on. So. All right, Mr. Jake, uh, do you have anything exciting you want to talk about? Yeah, I will, I will say um, it's, it's kind of ties in. So you know how I, I was saying I, I don't think that the Internet memes are as big a deal as, as possibly some some tax shit going on involving Russia yes. could be. Um, I sort of feel the same fucking way about Stormy Daniels, dude. I don't give a fuck about Stormy Daniels. I, I don't give a fuck about this. And well, they we've keep talked going. about this in the past. Whoever he wants to fucking pay is fine. That you know, like who cares? Well, right. And and the thing is, is like people were getting upset. Oh, oh, you believe? Yeah, he he badmouthed Stormy Daniels, and he said all this sexist, misogynist, blah, 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 blah. and it's like, okay, listen, um, let's let let's flip parties and genders on this, shall we? Um, let's say we're in an alternate universe where Hillary Clinton won the presidency, and me and her banged. Right? We we banged. Totally consensually, long, hard. Madam President was into it. You know Were what you I'm on saying? Dog medication. Um, allegedly. All right. I, I will not confirm nor uh, deny these allegations that my um, doppelganger in another universe is up to. That being said, um, uh, I, I did make that animal howl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I will say that. Alternate dimension, Jake really got it done. But then. Uh, after the election happens, you know, she, she she becomes president and she's like, listen, Jake, um, um, I, 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 I'm going to pay you 100 grand not to tell anyone about our completely consensual sex we had. I'm going to pay you 100 grand not to tell anyone about it because I think this could damage my image because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a happily married – well, I'm a married woman and um, you kind of look like Steve Buscemi and your fucking jokes suck, you know. So I can't have you tarnishing my reputation Will you please take this hundred grand and this bag with a couple cheeseburgers in it and a bottle of homeless man vodka? And I said, Madam President, you had me at vodka and homeless man or and, and cheeseburgers, right? And I, 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 I took the money, happily took the money. Um, fast forward to about a year and a half later. Now I'm telling all of CNN about the sex and I'm, I'm writing a book and I'm going, yeah, and, and she gave me hush money and her twat looked like chewed bubblegum and it smelled like a nursing home. I don't think the left would be calling me a hero right now, dude. As a dude with a funny little mushroom dick, um, it's a very hurtful thing to say about someone. And if I paid a lady a hundred grand not to tell anyone that we had consensual sex and she told everyone about it and said I had a little mushroom dick, I think she would owe me some of that book money. That's all I'm saying. I don't disagree. I do not disagree. And we got, you know, was it the, the pussy tape came out, which, which admittedly not good, but for him on brand, he wasn't actually saying that he sexually assaulted. He was basically a guy, a douchebag bragging about how easy it is to get laid um, when you're famous in a very distasteful way, but that's that's more or less what happened. If it was somebody else, I think it would be worse. But for him, it's on brand, right? But, like, I, I don't care about that so much even, you know? What I did care about is right after that, um, it was, like, all over the news. Oh, uh, Trump has umpteen allegations of sexual assault and rape and all this kind of stuff. And we heard about that in the news for about a week, and then it fucking went away. And now all we're hearing about is consensual sex with porn stars and um, him helping Russia make memes and shit. And like, I, I don't give a fuck about that. What? Why? If if he did all this sexual assault stuff, which which I, I'm not doubting, that totally seems like it's in that guy's wheelhouse. But the thing is, is I I I gotta I gotta have details. I gotta have fucking credible sources like out front and center on TV, like Stormy Daniels is now. That's what we need from those actual assault allegations. I give a fuck about the actual sexual assault allegations. I don't give a fuck about this porn star. I don't care if he fucks a porn star every single night. And more importantly, I don't even think his wife cares. Like, when you marry a billionaire who's uh, old, fat, and unattractive, and shitty to be around, I don't think you're in it for the dick. I think she's more than happy to outsource that part of her marriage. So, I don't think anyone gives a fuck about this. Um, what I give a fuck about is those actual sexual assault allegations. And unless we start hearing more about those, none of that fucking shit matters. And he's going to win another one. I, I absolutely agree with you. And it's funny and sad. It's more sad than it is funny because it all, it all boils down to 
party affiliation. It really does. When Bill Clinton got his blowjob, Republicans were screaming, how dare he? He did this in the Oval Office. He, he's cheating on his wife. He has disgraced the presidency. And yet they voted for a guy that full-on said, hey, I grab women by the pussy, blah, 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 and right. had all these sexual assault things against him. And, he, and now Democrats are screaming, he fucked a porn star, he fucked a porn star. And it's like, you, you can't. You, you can't be angry over right, one exactly. and reconcile the other. Either you have to be angry over both or, like I am and like you are, not give a fuck about both. Because like I absolutely agree with you. The sexual assaults, that is a problem. That is an issue. And that's and we let that fall to the wayside. That, that that never comes up, man. Like and it's like, dude, that's an actual fucking thing, man. This this other shit, I, I, I don't care about the other shit. I got a, I got a sideways story to tell you uh, that you made me think of while you were talking about this, and it it, it might be I don't I don't want to say weird, but you can make your own judgment call. I'm Any read- story that starts like this usually ends up being a little weird. But all right, all right continue. Well, I'm reading uh, I'm reading the book Missoula. Uh, it's by John Krakauer, the guy that wrote Into the Air and several okay. other books. I've always liked his work. Yeah. Uh, it's about Missoula, Montana. It's a college town, and it is specifically on how. Uh, cases of rape are dealt with at the university level versus the city level, the prosecution level, the arrest and prosecute level. And I'm not finished with it yet, but this is why I say the story gets weird. And I, and I told my wife this because, and, and she was okay with it, which is the only reason I'm telling you, because I, when I was reading the book, I was feeling a little weird because I'm reading this book about rape, and it's it's horrible. Some of these cases are very just. It's what happened. It's, it's rape, which means it's just bad. It's just bad. Obviously, there's no rape where you go. Ah, eh, it wasn't so bad. It was just you know. So sure, sure. What ha- what I'm talking about is when the Me Too movement started. A lot of men, uh, me included, every, you started going back in your head. You got in your history, and you're going, ah, okay. Am I like there was a lot of reflection and. Did I always act honorably? Could I have been better? Did you do some of that? I did some of that. I think a lot of guys, I know a lot of my male friends did. They posted about it. Did you go through that phase? Uh, yeah, look, I was on dog pills for a lot of my early years. For all I know, I was Kevin spacing it up for like half a decade. <laughs> well, um, I, I, and I, but here's my problem. Not my problem. I never came away with an answer. I never thought, I, 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 I thought of some situations and I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, I know I'm not a bad person, but did I do something? Like, because the Me Too movement was all, there was a lot of guilt involved. Like, there, there, were, there were people saying, every man needs to take a hard reflection, a hard look on their life. Every man needs to do this. Every, and, I, and I did. And I'm like, I'm not finding everything. Am I not looking hard enough? Am I, am I a sociopath? Because I, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, that I, that I should feel bad, that I've done things well, wrong. Well, no, if you, if you haven't raped anybody, you shouldn't feel well, bad. What the hell well, are you no, thinking? They're, they're talking about manipulation and, it, like, that's... But the, that's, the thing is with Aziz and Azari, uh, that's when it jumped the shark or pushed into, now, wait a second, lady, you can't cry that Aziz is a horrible person because he tried to get, you know, like that one. But so I'm reading this book on rape, and as I'm reading the book... You mean she book, said no and he stopped and then called her an Uber? That, yeah, that exactly. Animal. Uh, but he tried, like he said, "Hey, I want to get laid," and she said, oh. "So that's that's my point." As I'm reading this book on rape, and and it's horrible, and it made me feel like a lot better about my life. I'm like, okay, when Me Too was going on, I'm thinking, I don't think I'm a bad person. Like, and now I'm reading this book, I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't even do anything even remotely close to this bullshit. And and I told my wife, I'm like, hey, this is a horrible takeaway. I, I shouldn't be reading a, a book on rape and fe- and feeling better about myself, but considering how guilty Me Too tried to make everyone feel, I am. And she said, well, no, you, from my experiences with you from early on, is you're just really good at cajoling. You are just really good at, like, getting consent in a, you know, like, not in a manipulative way. You're just like, hey, you know, making someone feel comfortable that may not have felt comfortable. You're like, you... sure. And that's the way it's been my What's life. What's your move? I, I lie and I, I tell them I'm a doctor or a TV producer. <laughs> well, so I, I, really I do it. I cajole like the fuck out of feel like comfortable. It's like I was worried that, like I said, that I, that cajoling is bad. But I'm reading this book, going like, yeah, I, I, everything I ever did in my entire life was was consent driven, and uh, 
maybe I asked several times when you're supposed to hear no once and shut down and stop. Uh, but uh, I'm reading this book going, I am not a horrible person. Thank you, book about rape. I feel good about my past because I am I am honorable and full of consent and everything was 50-50. Because I read this book and I'm like, I don't understand how half of these situations can be even viable because it's like, like how do you get aroused in a situation when you are taking advantage? Yeah, I, I it, ugh. yeah, don't like. I mean, I like feel it. confident about anything I've done in my past. You know what I mean? In, in terms of not doing anything about that. That being said, I have not read this illustrious book about rape that you t- that you're describing. For all I know, I'm going to read this and be like, oh yeah, guilty, guilty as charged. <laughs> you might sure. take it the other way. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think this is about me. This one, dog pills. What the fuck? Oh, that is me. Son of a bitch. Well, with me, it was more, I, I knew it was like, oh, you're kissing and, and doing whatever. And she's like, no. And you're like, okay, I stop. Like, Aziza's, are you like, I stop. And then they start kissing again. And it's like, nope, stop. Like, okay, I stop. And then you start kissing again. And they're like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, not, at, at least to my memory, it was always like, okay, now I'm ready. Not fine, you know, and just because it's it's always been, you know, everybody's hands are moving everybody's touching everybody it's not just me always forcing for i've I've never felt comfortable with that so so i like that you said everybody to imply that there was a lot of people in the room (laughs) i knew this story was gonna get weird anytime a dude is just describing his past and he uses the word consent more than 10 times there's something there there's something there yeah uh i'm just I'm, i'm getting it out there is all yeah fair enough man all right um, I think that's all we got for you, listeners. Um, but it's it's a great book, Missoula by John, John Krakauer. I I recommend it. It's 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 a good read. It's a frightening and disgusting read, but it's a good read. I think. I think Is that one of the Fifty Shades books? No, it's it's something that, that I think men should read to to understand uh, what women go through, basically. I, um, I you know, and I I hear you. I, I'm not saying it's not good to do those things. I just. I try to spend my time not raping. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that's a pretty good. Uh, yeah, I feel as if if I do that, I'm I'm accomplishing what I wanted to do for the day. You know. Well, that's the thing with this book is uh, a lot of the rapes the guys don't think they raped. That's, that's really yeah. They do because they weird. Uh, they take advantage of someone that was drunk and then they think they got consent and and the, so far every one is is pretty much like she said no. And then they sort of fell asleep, and she woke up with him on top of her, or worse. They're, 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 I'm only halfway through the book, so I don't know what else is going to... Uh, but there are a lot of cases where... It, it, well, every case so far I've read is alcohol was involved. And sure. the guy just took things too far where she didn't want to take it. And um, I think there are a lot of guys out there that need to read something like this. And When it sounds like, the way you described it right there, it sounds like it's probably somewhat similar to that Kavanaugh shit, you know? Because she talked about how, like, the friend was in there and laughing, and so they were clearly, like, at least to a certain level, they felt like they were just horsing around or whatever. Yeah, and, absolutely. And they were drunk, you know, because that's why he was laughing and jumping on the bed and shit. You know what I mean? But then she talked about him. That's And that's, to me, what made it super believable is because the guy kind of went back and forth like, hey, what, what what are you doing, you know? Well, getting into the Kavanaugh thing, that's just, that to me is an instance where something happened and two people had completely different experiences right. in one room whereas she very rightfully had every uh very believable that she felt fearful that she was going to get raped um hearing about it from like you just said as an observer it seemed like two guys that were drunk out of control should not have been doing that to her but we're not predators we're not like laying in wait like we're gonna fuck this girl we're gonna rape her Maybe they got too horny. I mean, they they were in the wrong, but right, they right. also were not, you know, like trying to be evil. But evil happens even without attempts. That's the whole point. Is you know, they're, they're, they 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 in their drunken stupidity, they might have even thought even they, that she was into it. Even when she's saying no, they're like, no, no, like that's what you can do when you're right, drunk because right. you can convince yourself of anything. That's why I think this book is important because I mean, especially for teenage knuckleheads, I'm I'm. As I'm halfway through, I fully right now want to make a mental note to have both my son and daughter read the book when they get to be about 15, 16, so they understand what 
fucking world they're getting into because it's 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 interesting and frightening. I'm taking I'm going one step further when I have kids. I'm going to make them watch a Clockwork Orange on LSD. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to really, you know, it's it's sort of like, you know, your grandpa catches you smoking, makes you smoke the whole carton. I'll say, "Listen to this, you little future predator bastards. You're watching a Clockwork Orange on acid." I'll clamp your eyeballs open just like they do in that movie. All they'll do is that'll just ruin the song Singing in the Rain for them. It's so funny because when I hear that song, I think of, and I realized this when when my girlfriend mentioned that song to me the other day, I think of the movie A Clockwork Orange before I think of the movie Singing in the Rain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a fucked up quirk you gotta have. Oh yeah, dog pills will do that. All right, one final thing, and this is only going to be like 30 seconds. Um, Listeners, this is just for you to Google. Uh, It went viral on Facebook over the week, and it's just, it's it's absolutely the worst thing you will ever see and hear. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you watched it, but do you remember uh, several years ago when every pop star, actually it's been from 2000 to several years ago there was a there was a decade where every pop star in the world was trying to do a country album and cash in on that lionel richie had a huge country album uh bon jovi did a country album um hootie did a huge country album do you remember all this yeah yeah last week on facebook uh, a video went viral this is back when jay leno was still hosting the tonight show david lee roth was part of a country album where they turned van halen songs country and it is the worst thing you will ever hear it is embarrassingly bad him on the tonight show singing jump and it's him singing jump that makes it bad he is surrounded by very good musicians playing very good country music and then he wanders out and it's exposed like the song jump is not it's very listenable it's a very fun song sure but lyrically it's 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 lacking you know, but it works for the song. But when sure. you take it out of context of that song and you hear this fiddle player and this banjo player and this stand-up and they're, they're all playing this great, interesting country music and then David Lee Roth wanders out and goes, Hey, everybody, I get up and nothing gets me down. You know, it, it, it's, he is embarrassing. He sticks out like a thor- sore thumb as being... Or- and I highly recommend you watch it. It is a train wreck you cannot take your eyes off of. It's bad. It's it's and you just wonder what he was thinking, and why they put that on television, and just just bad. He tried to cash in on country, and it did not work. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, listeners, I I now maybe. Oh, wait, how many dog pills did you take that day? Are we talking like two? Are we talking three? I mean, if you you know if you're on dog pills, I think I really I think he's going for a niche. Uh, demographic, I think he's going to be appreciated more after his time. I, uh, I think that's what we need to judge everything, um, everything like uh, on a how many dog pills level. That, that's anything that you do in life. We need to, we need a dog pill scale for Jake. Like, well, how many, uh, dog pills were you on when you, uh, like I give this restaurant, you need uh, three dog pills to enjoy the food there. I give this movie four dog pills to enjoy this right. fucking shitty movie. Yeah, David absolutely. Lee Roth singing country is a five dog pill. You got to have five. You have to have ingested five uh, dog pills to enjoy David Lee Roth singing jump country style. I, I gave it uh, four to five dog pills swallowed. That was my official rating on that song. <laughs> Meanwhile, you go to a really good restaurant. You're like, ah, half a dog pill. No, this this restaurant half a dog pill, and you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's I what I felt like was I, I'm watching it and I'm like, all right, but he's also fucking old is that guy man he's got to be getting near 60 at this point or some shit right like he's, yeah. he's getting up there ain't he yeah he so was, it's, it's he also like already yeah i i mean i'm also like that's that's just sort of like i guess that's what you do at that age you know is you know what i felt like he was doing is i felt like he he sort of did a little like informal market research and he was like hey you know i'm noticing now the people that used to come to my concerts and they used to have like the leather jackets and the yeah, you know, women had the big hoop earrings and the big hair and shit like that, and um, you know maybe there'd be some spikes on the chin. Who knows, right? Um, now they like uh, 
getting drunk on their porch. And they basically become Jimmy Buffett fans. I'm going to try to do Jimmy Buffett with my songs. And so it's like, yeah, you know, was it great? No. But I'm also like, that's sort of, you know, for a hair metal guy who's like 60 now, I, I there's it's not a genre that ages well. So you, you kind of got to make lemonade with that. And it's, you, you know, I, I guess it's not as it's not as bad as if he did what, 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 what a lot of those guys do, like Def Leppard and guys like that, where they come out almost 60, still in the leotards, still <laughs> rocking a mullet, even though they're bald in the front and, and trying to, we're going to rock you! Ah! <laughs> ah! And I, I mean, I guess, yeah, man, you just got to start making shitty country music or maybe do a blues guitar rendition of it or something, well, you know, at, at that point. I would agree with you if not for the fact that after this failed, then they did do the Van Halen reunion tour and he did do the all the the because I remember reading an interview with Eddie Van Halen who said, yeah, I want to do the Van Halen reunion. But David is out there acting like he's 20, and it's embarrassing. Dude, right. we're 60. Just let's play the tunes. Like, people like them. And so, yeah. 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 That's just, that's just what you got to do at that point. And I think the reason the country version failed is because he sort of treated it like his vocals were still rock, and he was like, hey, I get up. Whereas if he had tried to do a country twist to it, it might have been more listenable because listenable because the country music was good. His vocals were not. If he had tried to change them to match the music, I think it might have worked. Yeah, it, it really did. Like it, it, it felt. I, I was thinking Jimmy Buffett the whole time. Like, like I said, man, it just, it just felt like a a Jimmy Buffett esque, just sort of medley. I, I, I suppose. Yeah. All right, kids. Uh, that's what we got for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, saying nice things about us online. Thanks for sh- clicking share when we uh, share it on Facebook. Thanks for tweeting it, retweeting it. Get it out there. Um, say nice things, more nice. They like write reviews of us and tell your friends and family. And hey, these two knuckleheads yammer on and they they go from fucking politics to rape to David Lee Roth and it's weird. You can you can leave that second thing out. You know what I mean? It's going to sound weird out of out of context. That's what I makes think, it, but <laughs> I mean, if, you know, hey, up. if you can sell it, if you can sell it, fuck it, go with it. Yeah. So, jakevever.com, nathantimmel.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk at you next week. Later.